0: The following podcast is an excerpt of the book Our Fractured Image, available on Amazon as a paperback, ebook, or audiobook. No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation, he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well. So that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, Amplified edition. We are all enticed by the same temptation, especially at times of discomfort. The temptation is to turn our backs on God and pursue self-attainable comfort. Unfortunately, contentment pursued is never satisfied. It results in intensified efforts To achieve satisfaction at any cost. The definition of addiction is ritualistic compulsive comfort seeking. What we desire is contentment but contentment and comfort are two different things. Comfort only satisfies briefly where contentment lasts a lifetime. You must pursue comfort where contentment comes with the absence of pursuit. Comfort costs, contentment pays back. We desire contentment, but want to remain in control. So we seek comfort thinking it is contentment. And eventually all we end up with is discontentment. Life consists of a variety of experiences. Some of these experiences are positive and some are negative. Some cause pleasure while others cause pain. We face trials, temptations, traumas, burdens and injustices. These various experiences make us feel unique as if no one else shares in the troubles I have had to face in my life. Our pain consumes our lives, and we are oblivious to the pain in others. Although our problems may appear to be different, the temptation to separate ourselves from God to seek other means to soothe our discomfort is the same. We are all equally tempted to murmur and find comfort on our own terms. Our temptation is to partake in the sin of discontentment. We have the example of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt in the first part of 1 Corinthians 10 and the book of Exodus. They suffered in misery as slaves for over 400 years. God sent them Moses, but they wanted more. They saw miracles performed at the hand of Moses, but they wanted more. They survived the plagues, but they wanted more. They painted the blood on the doorposts and saw their children saved, but they wanted more. They experienced freedom from slavery, but they wanted more. They saw the Red Sea part, and they walked across on dry land, but they wanted more. They saw Pharaoh's army defeated, but they wanted more. They were fed daily by food that fell from heaven, but they wanted more. They drank water from a rock that followed them as they journeyed, but they wanted more. They wandered in the desert for forty years, and their clothes did not wear out, but they wanted more. They followed a pillar of fire and a cloud, but they wanted more. They heard the audible voice of God, but they wanted more. They saw Moses carry the tablets written by the finger of God, but they wanted more. They saw Moses shine with the glory of God, but they wanted more. They wandered for forty years and died in the wilderness because of their sin the sin of discontent. We have even a greater witness, but we still want more. We have God's holy scriptures, but we still want more. We have a historical record of prophecies fulfilled, but we still want more. We have the authentic witness of Christ, but we still want more. We have the history of Christ's death and resurrection, but we still want more. We have the recorded reports of those who witnessed Christ's death and resurrection, but we still want more. We have examples of thousands of godly men and women who have gone before us, but we still want more. We have the daily, moment-by-moment witness of the Holy Spirit, but we still want more. We have the example of the children of Israel who died in the wilderness because they wanted more and we still want more. The children of Israel compared their situation to what they had experienced in the past and they wanted more. Their sin of discontent caused them to die in the wilderness. Dissatisfaction today is the same as discontent in the day of Moses. It is a sin. It is turning your back on God. It is demanding God serve you as opposed to you serving God. Discontent in the day of Moses left the children of Israel floundering in the wilderness. Just like discontent today is causing Christians to flounder in their faith and miss what has been provided by a loving and gracious God. The discomfort leading to comparison will result in discontent. Discontent is turning your back on God and denying what Christ accomplished on the cross. Discontentment will destroy you. It will deafen your ear to the voice of the Spirit. It will weaken your faith. It will leave you discouraged and lead you to all sorts of self-destructive behaviors. So how do we unravel this mess? What does it mean to live a contented life? What do we do with discontent? What are the discomforts we face in life that are most likely to lead to dissatisfaction? The purpose of this book is to examine some of the significant causes of discomforts propelling us in a self-destructive direction resulting in discontent. We experience discomfort as being physical, emotional, relational, social, existential, or spiritual. Spiritual distress is a result of being separated from God. Existential unease is the philosopher's description of experiencing separation from God. This spiritual existential discomfort is what eventually causes emotional, relational, and social distress. At times, it may even be the leading force causing physical pain. These spiritual existential elements of discomfort are deep and troubling. They affect all of us and every aspect of our lives. The experience of ongoing discomfort leads to comparison. We compare how things used to be when we were younger and more energetic. We compare our situation to how things appear to be for others and their life experiences. This comparison leads to coveting, jealousy, and envy. We compare our present state to how we expect things should be and not to how they are. We also compare our experiences to what messages we get from our world as to how things should be. We can also compare our present discomfort to what we believe God should be doing for us. If you find yourself doing this thought dance of comparison, you need to be aware that you are living in discontent. So, our felt discomfort, combined with constant comparing, results in either discontentment, arrogance or addiction. If it goes on long enough, it will always result in discontentment. If we can feel like we have succeeded, even briefly, in gaining control of our comfort, it will result in arrogance. If we end up in the relentless pursuit of pleasure, it will end with addiction. It would be much better to start with the elements of discomfort and learn to deal with them more directly and productively. We will not be able to escape trouble, but the discomfort does not have to result in discontentment. Peace and contentment are possible if we handle pain and discomfort God's ways. These sources of discomfort have been the subject of theologians and philosophers for centuries. As a group, they have been called the existential realities, the major everyday stressors all humans face. They are the burden of felt isolation, the struggle with meaning and purpose, the anguish of free choice and responsibility, the dread caused by the burden of mortality and the burden of spiritual emptiness. As stated in 1 Corinthians 10:13, no temptation has taken you that is not common to man. There is no hierarchy of troubling life experiences. Life experiences do not have the power to damage a human beyond repair and no quality parenting or upbringing can prevent temptation. Adverse childhood experiences are terrible and should not occur, but if they do, it does not mean you have to remain broken for life. There is real hope. Even if you have had a great upbringing, you are not immune to life's problems. You, too, will face the same temptations as everyone else you'll be tempted to turn your back on God and seek your way. Do not forget, along with the temptation, he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well, so that you will be able to endure it.